Elliott Show. Satyar Shaw, hour number two of Canuck Central. This hour is brought to you by Brevo. Brevo provides convenient cloud-based access control systems from your mobile device for any industry. Go to lp.brevo.com slash Canada for a smart demonstration. The uh, the Sydney Sweeney memes are just uh, crushing me today, Sat. Uh, from from that uh, Hot Ones show? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just, I've never really, absolutely hilarious. I've never really watched uh, an episode of it. I've seen clips of it. Is it actually a fun show to watch? It's pretty hilarious if you just like watching people like suffer? destroy their mouths and suffer. If you're heat. into like, I only watch the ones where I'm actually interested in whoever the interviewee is. Right. But, uh, he comes with uh, good questions too, so it's a it's oh. a good interview. Also, so yeah, he he gets the Rick Tockett approval yeah, of good questions. questions. Good question. My, my my favorite meme is the Jennifer Lawrence one, which yes. is like, "What do you mean? What do you mean?" <laughs> and she's like crying from the hot sauce. That's my favorite one. Yeah, uh, yeah. The uh, the Sydney Sweeney one uh, is out today, and it's. Uh, I, I mean, I haven't even watched it. I just like the meme is hilarious uh, uh, from uh, from from the episode because right now uh, Sydney Sweeney can do no wrong. She is uh, she's the talk of the town. She is the belle of the ball, and uh, everybody wants uh, wants a little bit of Sydney Sweeney in their life. I, I ended up going to the rom com. Any anyone but you. It was awful. My goodness. <laughs> I wasn't actually. Anybody. Oh, it was so terrible. Yeah, seems like it doesn't and, seem like it's great. You know what? Like they say people don't go to the movies anymore. This was like a, a few weeks ago. And I don't know. That movie had been out for like a month already. And the theater was packed on like a Saturday night. It's just like oh, Saturday night. Yeah. yeah but you. It's a date night movie. I figured people only go watch to watch like Marvel movies. You know, <laughs> nah, man. only one Marvel movie coming out this year, by the way. Oh, wow. So that's uh, probably a good thing. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's get to the mailbag. <laughs> Everybody just clicked on this for the mailbag, and now they're like, what is Dan ranting about for the first five minutes of this episode? I apologize. Sorry. Not sorry. Not sorry. I will, not uh, sorry. I'll get into the questions. Okay. okay. Did, you, did you want to rant about no, something I'm else? No, I'm good. Okay. I, just, uh, I had two days off. You know, I had to... Get it out there. Fair <laughs> enough. Austin and Langley, you are GM of the Vancouver Canucks and are told to go all in this year and clear the cupboards. Nothing is off limits. What are three realistic moves you make? So guys like McDavid probably are not on the table. Yeah. Well, I mean, we get people texting and it's like, well, everybody's available. What if you offer like three first round picks with Lander and LeCarrie Mackey for Capris and Kaprizov? It's like, well, two things. One, um, you can always, you know, give a godfather offer. But the first one is, is the team willing to give up that much? And the second one is, are they even willing to trade the player or not? You know, like something to always keep in mind. And yes, you know, you can, nobody's completely off limits. But it doesn't just mean you can just go out and trade for anybody. Uh, for, like the Kaprizov example, like yeah, it would be a great player to acquire. Uh, like I'm not sure there's a, like he might just be an untouchable. Like for minutes, yeah, I mean, like, the- min- certain teams like there's just guys they're not going to trade, you know, and that's three first round picks or not, they just might not trade that player. So where I'm at with Kaprizov has two years left on his deal. Like I do think he's a guy that in the off season it could get very interesting around, especially depending on what oh. track the Minnesota Wild take as an organization. And is that a place he wants to stay? Yeah. Right. But I just don't think it's something that's going to come to a head at this deadline. He has two more years left. Like it, you rather wait to the off season. You have more suitors. He has two full years left. And for a guy of his caliber, nine million is that ridiculous? Right. Yeah. So. I just don't think that's realistic in season, in the off season, perhaps. What sure. does uh, 
What does Elliot Friedman always say? What is the, the most, uh, <laughs> the best way to predict a person's future behavior is to look at their past behavior. And what has Minnesota ownership always done? Not rebuilt. So, mm-hmm. um, I, look, anything's possible, but it, it would still shock me if they traded, uh, Kirill Kaprizov with two years left on his deal. But to answer the question, what three moves would we, would we make? Yep. Okay, so you give me your first one, and I'll give you the second one, and we'll just work through it that way. Okay, first one, I'd say I'd get Jake Gensel. Um, at because we are going on realistic, I think Jake Gensel is becoming somewhat mm-hmm. realistic as a as a trade target, unrestricted free agent, and we're going all in on this year. So I'd go out and I'd get Chris Tanev as well as a realistic option and beyond that I mean again struggling because there is a lack of clarity on what is actually realistic for the Vancouver Canucks to do but I love the idea of Casey Middlestad if it was actually realistic I'm not sure yeah now uh, I'm with you like that would be kind of number one on my list like I mentioned before The, the other guy I look at is if you don't get a center, let's say they get a wing, right? Let's mm-hmm. say they, they get Gensel and you want to have a bit more of that depth. Tommy Novak from the uh, Predators. 800K, has some size, can play wing if need be, can play center, can play in your power play. Um, you know, only making 800K, super easy to fit in. The price may not necessarily be super cheap, but if you're getting a winger, you want to have a bit more center depth too. That's a guy that I'd, I'd really look at. Um, the other move that uh, I've mentioned a thousand times this year, Philadelphia has lost four in a row, so uh, anything is possible. Travis Konechny. Um, but, again, not sure if there's realis- realism in that uh, in that want for me as, a, as an NHL GM. Like, the Flyers are... Daniel Briere has clearly stated that, that they are still very much in a build mode, even with the success that they've had this year. So it is possible if you give them a big enough offer... So in this uh, wild world of Austin Langley's that uh, no offer is off the table, maybe uh, maybe Travis Konechny would be a nice fit for the Canucks. Next one comes from Trevor. Similar question, but uh, what's the best deadline move they can make, the safest move they can make, and the worst? And he wants you to provide names as well. The best deadline deal they could make? So I am still more, again, uh, given the last question, um, I am more on Jake Gensel than I would be Elias Lindholm. But I'm not sure, like, the biggest fish in the pond tends to be the best move for a team. So like, getting one of those players might not necessarily be the best move this team could make. Yeah, so I mean, the best deadline move they can make to me would be like a middle stat type. You know, yeah. you're getting somebody that can fit here long term. I think the safest, honestly, would be Gensel because you get him, even though it costs a lot. Like he's going to play well, he's going to score. You know, so I think you you get the boost you want. Lindholm, there's no questions, right? Even Adam Henrique is truly a top six guy, but I think Gensel's like undoubtedly he comes in, he's going to produce, right? To me, the worst. That's a tough one. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's kind of subjective, you know? Yes. Like, for me, it would be, I'm just very not high on Elias Lindholm, so it would be paying a lot to get him and then extending him as well would be the, the worst move for me. But, I mean, maybe there's someone worse out there. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I guess I guess for me it would be like if you're if you're actually trading. Yeah, that's a tough one. So like, like probably Tarasenko, I'd say, because I, I don't think he like as much as he has points. Yeah. Like I just don't think he's a guy that's going to fit in with talk, you mm-hmm. know. And I don't think he plays you know hard enough at times as well. I just see him like if you trade for somebody who's going to be healthy scratch at some point in the playoffs, to me is a disaster. And that's a guy that I would be worried about, as good as he is, especially we know with talking and how how what he demands and how this team plays. And if and if I can envision a guy getting healthy scratched in the playoffs, I don't want to trade for him. Yeah. Um. I, I do like Lindholm. I would be worried about giving him the contract. I think, kind of along Josh's point, you know, it's. I'm not worried about giving up a first round pick, especially with where it is likely to land for the Vancouver Canucks this year, somewhere in the 20s, right? So that I'm not so worried about. It would be more like, yeah, you you trade for this rental player and then give them a, a multi year extension into their mid 30s. That would be that would be the thing I'd I'd be less keen on. I would say. Next one comes from blah blah blah. Which is just their name. I'm not being rude. Uh, why doesn't Tockett split up Mikheyev and Kuzmenko? There's no chemistry there. Would be nice to see Hoaglander up with Pedersen and Kuz since he's a good finisher. And Mikheyev with Lafferty would be a very fast line. So, I mean, they've... Have they tried Hoaglander and Kuzmenko? I don't think so. Like, they did it in training camp, I remember, in Victoria, but it was very brief, right? I don't know if it ever really made it into any of those preseason games uh, because Tockett wasn't so thrilled with what he got out of Hoaglander early in uh, in training camp. But I, I think the bigger issue with Mikheyev and Kuzmenko is more on Kuzmenko right now. And... You know, even the other night, like, you know, he, he gets back up with, with Patterson and, you know, his first, that whole first period, all he was doing was turning pucks over. <laughs> I was like, geez, man, uh, can, can we just make smart decisions with this, the puck right now? Because, man, go, you're getting a shot with Patterson again. Like, let's let's make the most of it, not the least of it. And so that was sort of frustrating. Um, and as for Mikheyev, like, I know he's not producing, but over 82 games... He's just over 82 games now as a Vancouver Canuck. He's essentially been a 50-point winger. So, you know, I would say this is a prolonged slump that he's been in, given how productive he's been generally for his career as a Vancouver Canuck. Yeah, I mean, I, I, before trying that stuff out, it's just something we spoke to talking about yesterday as well. It's are you when you take a guy, let's say Hoaglander's played so well, right? Is he going to be as effective if you're asking him to do a lot more and getting away from perhaps what keeps him consistent? And is he at the level yet where you can ask him to do more? And that's the balance you got to strike as a coach. And not that you don't want to give a guy a chance, but you, you know, like you see sometimes, we see him with Hoglider. Anytime he's moved up, he doesn't quite play as well. I just wonder if the best place for him for this season is where he's at. Uh, next one comes from Hammy 51 Where would Tana realistically fit on this roster when all the defensemen are healthy and who would come out? I don't see why the Canucks would trade for him unless they were sending a current defenseman out in return. A legit top six forward is a more pressing trade target in their opinion. Agree that uh, a legit top six forward is more of a priority. 
uh, we were just answering the earlier question. Like, if you're making a bunch of moves and throwing inhibition to the wind for this season, then yeah, Tanev would be would be a nice add. Uh, but yeah, I, like, it is one of the sort of issues with bringing in a Tanev is like, well, you already brought in Zadorov, who's making four and a half million. So you've, or sorry, just under four million, and. Now you're bringing another contract over $4 million. You don't have the cap space. Somebody's got to come out. And right on, right now, how do you not say Nikita Zadorov would be the odd man out, assuming Carson Soucy is healthy? Yeah, I mean, if you're bringing somebody else in, and I just, I don't think you can do the Tanev thing unless you're trading Kuzmenko and then you're adding a seventh defenseman and you get Lindholm and Kuzmenko and, you know, you move Kuzmenko out. Uh, you bring in Lane Holmatanab on half retained. You can make it work. If there's a way you can make it work without trading a D-man, and then you have 70, and then you deal with it in the postseason, right? Like, and you have the depth. So I think there is a way for you to do it, but it would have to involve you moving a player. And I know people texting Jeff and East Hills like, "What about Mikheyev? He's worse than Kuzmenko and all that." I mean, everything. Yeah, and Mikheyev only has four points in his last 15 games, but like Mikheyev doesn't make the same types of mistakes. You know what I mean? In terms of his play, he gets relied on on the PK. He brings those speedy forechecks. And he's not playing, you know, 17, 18 minutes a game. Like right now, he's playing like 13 minutes a game the last few games, 14 minutes a game. That's third line minutes. You know, like he's not really playing top six minutes right now. So I'd say that if you you could do it, but it would have to involve you trading at least one of Kuzmenko or Mikheyev. I just don't see any way around it. Next one from Dunux. Uh, would Giroux wave for Vancouver? Claude Giroux. Even if he would, do you want Claude Giroux? So he's got two years left. I think he's still this. a good player, Claude Giroux. Yeah, but is he the same guy in the postseason? Like to me, he's like, you know, it's gonna sound bad, but kind of glorified Kuzmenko. Okay. Like he's he's really good. He can score for you, right? But like defensively, the game's not quite there for him. Um, and he's got to be featured in such a big, prominent role. Is that where you're gonna have him do and play? I'm just not quite sure his game's at the type of level where. I feel like he's going to be the guy that makes a difference. He's wrong, by the way. One year left after this. I do think he's at like 57, 58% in faceoffs. Yeah. Which is like, I guess that's that's useful. But also, personally, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm a huge Giroux guy. And, and he's a right shot, but he's 36. I like Giroux as a player, but yeah, I don't think it's a fit with the Vancouver Canucks. So... Next one, Matt. It's going to cost a lot, too. Like, it's going to cost you a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the playoffs, will the Canucks wear the black skate jersey at all? Whew. That'd be a great question. Mm, I'd say if they're facing elimination or something, or, like, you know, they need to mix it up. <laughs> Are they even allowed to wear those? Like, what's the rules in the playoffs for jerseys? I don't know. Like, I, I know they you change. just got to wear your blues. No, I think, right. you're, I think you're allowed to... Are you Switch. allowed to wear your third jerseys? Because I, I feel like the Oilers have gone from their right. orange ones to their blue ones at times. Right. That's the only team I can recall. I will, I will say what a lot of teams do, and I think Pittsburgh did it when they switched to these newer um, black and gold jerseys, is when they know that they're switching to a jersey the next season, they'll just wear whatever one it is in the playoffs. Right. So that might be a sign if the Canucks wear the skate jersey in the playoffs that they're switching to it next year. Interesting. But also, don't do it. Just wear the blues. It's fine. <laughs> I feel like everybody has uh, come around on my uh, my take initially that they would get tired of the skate jersey. Oh, 
I don't think people came around on that. <laughs> people got really mad at Dom for putting oh, really? that out as well. Oh. But also, it's Dom. People get mad at him. That's fine. It is Dom. Uh, next next one from Gord. Last year when Rick Tockett said, fixing the Canucks will be like eating an elephant one bite at a time. Is the elephant making the playoffs or winning the Stanley Cup? The Stanley Cup. It would have to be the Stanley Cup. It can't be just making the playoffs. I mean, and especially with how the, the guys talk. They're not just sitting here and saying, oh, we're just glad to make the play- postseason. Yeah. It's got to be winning the Stanley Cup. Like, you don't eat a whole elephant and not win the cup. I kind of feel like he wasn't even talking about their goal. I think he was just talking about, like, fixing the team <laughs> in terms of, like, they have so many things to fix. Yes. And you can't approach all of it at once. You just got to do one thing at a time. That might be a question for our next sit down with uh, with Rick Tockett. How much of the elephant have we eaten? Good question. <laughs> uh, next one from Adam. Which starter Pokemon are you taking? Oh, I saw Stephen A. Smith had to answer this question today. Did he? So Squirtle, Charmander, or Bulbasaur? Are yes. The, uh... the common misconception is that Pikachu was a uh, starter Pokemon. I <laughs> really? think in, the, in like the original game, Pikachu was. But no, I don't think he was. Like in I the game, it, it was like Pokemon Yellow or something. Oh. So before it really no, that's took off. look. Uh, I'm I'm before your time, Josh. And Pokemon Red and Blue came out before Yellow. Did it? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I swear there was one where he was a starter. Pokemon. I think it was because of the TV show that uh, everybody th- like because. Uh, Pikachu was featured on the TV show, and that's why everybody thought uh, Pikachu was the coolest thing ever. Uh, I would 100% go for, I mean, I love Saxophone Squirtle. It is now the uh, hype-up hype, hype up song for uh, for the show. I, I, it's my personal hype-up song. Really? That's what yeah. you listen to now? Saxophone Squirtle. Uh, War Turtle? Is that that's <laughs> thing? Is that the one? Uh, he, he evolves into War Turtle and then Blastoise. Yeah. Right. Blastoise, Blastoise was always my favorite. Yeah, that one's cool. It's a cool name. You know what another cool name was? Snorlax. I have no idea what I'm talking about. By <laughs> uh, but it would be between Squirtle and Bulbasaur for me, and uh, I'm, I'm a Bulbasaur guy. <laughs> the strategic decision, by the way, was not to go with Charmander. Even yes. though he get, like, gets to Charizard, whatever. But the early gyms, you wanted one of the other two. Yes. And uh, I don't know. Bulbasaur, Like I, I kind of saw myself in Bulbasaur. You know, just like a little guy with little legs. Always looked fiery. You know, that was, was kind of me. So, saw myself a little bit in uh, in Bulbasaur. That's, That's why I always chose him. Fun. <laughs> uh, Justin, so wait, Sat, did you not have a, you didn't have a choice? Sat doesn't know what we're talking about. I have no Fair idea. So I just, I just threw enough. a name out there. My brother was into it, but like, I have no idea. Fair enough. Sat's before both of our times, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm too old, man. Sat's like so Pac-Man. Washed. I don't know. <laughs> Pac-Man. I'm not that old. I'm like more like, you know, a golden eye, 007. I you was know. playing Pong when you guys were playing Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Not quite that old. That was more than like golden eye. I played golden eye on N64 and stuff yeah. back in the day. I that was before your newspaper. time. Uh, well, I actually did. I remember, yeah. dude, I used to read about, like, I, I, used, to, I used to love the Friday newspaper because it used to have the box scores for all the teams. <laughs> so you'd look at, like, you know, you'd be like, okay, wow, well, like, you know, you just see, like, 30 games in and every team they would show like you know how, what the points were so I used to love when the, when that paper came out and look at okay how are guys doing across the National Hockey League they didn't have internet at the time in the Stone I am really Age. dating myself yeah Back in the Stone Age <laughs> uh, next one Justin in East Van 
Which seemingly harmless animal would be terrifying if it was three times bigger? I'm trying to think of like a bug that would be... Because any bug, when you put a microscope on it, you know, they get pretty creepy looking. So like a tarantula? Yeah. Three times bigger? Yeah. That would be like... uh... Yeah, that would be something out of a movie. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I would say a rabbit. Like, if a rabbit was three, uh, maybe not three times bigger. Maybe yeah, you see like, rabbits with red eyes? <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. Because three times bigger, there's, you almost like, need, you need a middle-sized animal that would just, then just be huge, you know? Yeah. But probably, honestly, like a cat that was three sizes bigger probably would be pretty terrifying. Yeah. It'd be like a... So like Wild a mountain cat. lion? Yeah. yeah. Then they get in. mess you up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Timbo says on the text inbox, a house cat. Yeah, I don't disagree. <laughs> what about a, a, an antelope? Uh, those don't look very, like, harmless, though. No. Well, yeah. no, I, like, they're, they are harmless. <laughs> I guess that's the thing, too. It has to be a seemingly harmless animal. Sloth? And as someone with two cats, oh, dude, that might be it. A sloth? Sloths kind of, like, scare me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. They're apparently like pretty a, vicious, so I don't think they're really harmless. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, I saw I, I saw this video. Um, I think it was on TikTok. It was some dude who, like, you've seen the videos of people saving slots off the road, right? Like, oh, you know, grab him, pick him up, and take him over, whatever. Some guy tried to do that, and a slot attacked them. I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe don't, don't, don't try to help out slots. Yeah. The slots, they'll get you. What about yeah. a sea turtle? Because they're already pretty big. And then you make it three times a bigger? Sea turtle? Yeah. Wow. You know the ones in Hawaii? No, I don't. You don't know? I don't know a the sea ones turtle? in Hawaii. Oh. Like, sea turtles are huge. And you make so wait, them three times bigger? Like a sea turtle? Like like an actual turtle? I feel like we're having... <laughs> uh, we're getting crossed up. Do you know how big a sea turtle is? I was thinking of They're a seahorse for a second. Seahorse? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing like a <laughs> It's a fish. Oh man! Seahorse. I don't know why I was thinking of a seahorse. Seahorse wouldn't you be that. You clearly said too. sea turtle. Yeah. No. Sea turtle. What? About, but yeah, I, I know. Okay, now I know the 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 turtles you're talking about. Those like massive ones that are like from the dinosaur age. Yeah. That are on that that beach in Hawaii. Yeah. I and went they, to that beach and I was like, you know what? This is too much for me. <laughs> uh, I am not they a turtle move guy. So slow. <laughs> they move slow on land. But, you, but the other thing, you go to Hawaii, you can't, you're not allowed to touch them. And so. No, they're like, they're basically dinosaurs. Yeah, but if oh, yeah. in the water, they are speedy. They are. They're, they move pretty good. Yeah. And if they were uh, three times bigger. Oh, man. Yeah, it would well, be huge. Jeff and East Hill boys, it sure seems like uh, the gummies are finally kicking in. I mean, it's the <laughs> questions we're answering, man. This is the mailbag question. It's uh, the mailbag. Uh, Christopher and Langley, a raccoon. Could you imagine a raccoon three times bigger? That That's, would be very terrifying. Yes. Frightening. Uh, we'll end with this one. Going by uh, what happened to Sat yesterday, will the Canucks game tomorrow against Columbus be played at the PNE Forum? Okay, okay, okay. What happened now? Oh, okay. Let me describe the situation. <laughs> uh, so, I get to uh, Fairmont for Dice and Ice pretty early to do all the setup. Bick gets to Fairmont, and Sat's like, hey, I'm in an Uber. Five, ten minutes away. Great. Um, five, ten minutes go by. He's like, hey, what floor is it on? I say, floor C. <laughs> and he calls me and he's like, floor floor CF? And I was like, I, 
I, maybe it's CF. I don't know. I, I didn't really look at the button. And oh, then, my God. You didn't, Sat. <laughs> and then a few more minutes go by, <sighs> and Sat's still lost. And Bick and I are like, surely, like, this is a big hotel, but surely he's not this lost. <laughs> and so we message in the group chat. I'm like, hey, you know, like, are you at the right Fairmont? And uh, Sat was not at any Fairmont. Oh, he was man. at Park. I was at the wrong hotel, okay? That's all I, I mean, I, I, I got crossed up. I thought it was, I thought it was a different hotel. <laughs> what do you want me to do? I took, I took an Uber. I got to the hotel. It wasn't there. I, I still made it on time. You guys act like I didn't make it to the show on time. Oh, I was there on time. No, it was just funny. <laughs> <laughs> I like, those are like the worst moments when you're like so convinced you're right about something. <laughs> like in your heart of hearts, Sat knew that the show was at park yesterday. Yeah. He had no doubts when he booked his Uber from home to get into to get to the show on time and he put in park on your phone. You you had zero doubts when you did any of this. <laughs> and then he, I had none. He I was, was so walking convinced around there for probably 15 20 minutes being no, like there's I would, no dice and nice stuff here. I mean, I, I did go down the elevator again. I'm like, I don't see any Dyson. I mean, the thing was, like, where I got off, like, on that floor, they were setting up for an event. They really were. But I was like, it doesn't look like it's Dyson Ice stuff, but they were setting up for an event. Like, you know, it was like a big event going on. They had, you know, catering going on. A lot of stuff was happening. I'm like, it doesn't quite fit the vibe. I'm maybe on the wrong floor. And then, yeah. I never said I'm smart, okay? We even gave him the benefit of the doubt, being like, oh, surely he's at Pacific Rim Fairmont. <laughs> Nope, he was, not even didn't go not, to any Fairmont. <laughs> did not go to a Fairmont. It's uh, Dan Richo, Satyar Shah. That's the mailbag. We'll get to uh, a few more of your questions. And uh, preview championship weekend. Maybe we'll step away from hockey for just a little bit on Canuck Central. The most opinionated Canucks show out there. Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Grants. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.